Hey, tell a man pass it, pull up and cross it. I'll bury that sh top corner. I'm a winger on the left, cut right. You can play me on the middle, I'm still top scorer. New studs on my boots, I'm blessed. No shin pads, I'll live in the edge. Got my ballet on the pitch, but the referee's finna pop that chest. Hey, hit a thing with the outside foot, like Roberto, ball in the air, all curvy. Yes, 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 people. We're back again for another episode of the One Two Podcast presented to you by myself, Jay, and my usual co-host, Dave. What's good? And we're here to go through, obviously, all the the usual, the usual jazz, the stuff that's gone in the past weekend, as well as what's kind of broke out today, or that the time that we're recording. This. So, um, yeah, without further ado, let's just get on what's happened on the weekend because it was another jam-packed weekend, we could say. Yeah. Started off with the Merseyside derby on Saturday. Yeah, crazy game. Um, it's what you'd like to expect from a Merseyside derby, considering how poor it's been for like the past. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, especially at Goodison Park, is like, is. If not, if not every time, just a nil-nil draw. Like Everton, not trying to lose. Um, for Liverpool, it's usually at a time of the season where they're just not trying to lose either. Like it's always like a bit. Very, very dead. Yeah, it's a very dead game. Not even, not even worth watching sometimes. Literally, and then obviously at Liverpool Stadium, Anfield, it's usually just a route for them. They just go ham and then they just crash them every single time. So yeah, no, like. This game, this fixture, for what it means historically, it's meant to be, yeah, like the Merseyside derby. Ed- Everton have got a lot of pedigree behind them, like trophies-wise. Obviously, Liverpool go about saying so. This re- this derby should be up there, but, you know, as you said, it's been very poor of recent, but, you know, Everton have started this season well. Liverpool are Liverpool. This one looks promising, and obviously it did deliver. Yeah. It delivered the ex- expectations that we thought it would. Now, obviously, there's been a lot of talk about the situation regarding Van Dyke and um, Jordan Pickford. Yeah. So when I obviously the ball came in and then kind of Van Dyke kind of slipped away, he does that. He does do that quite a lot. He slips away from like the back line and is just like effectively one on one just for a tap in. And Pickford just comes at like the thing is in real time. Obviously, when you're watching it, it's like a normal tackle. Like he's, it looks like a normal tackle. He's going for the ball type of thing, but it's the replays and even the even the impact. Mm. Like I am, um, I think I was watching. No, I was watching with crowd noise, but I can imagine without the crowd noise, like hearing that pure like contact must have been just horrific. And then obviously, loads of the angles just coming in. It was mad and so. When he didn't flag ball penalty, which I thought it was, it would it obviously went to VAR and did, they did the offside. Personally, I don't even really think if it was offside, like as as the, his arm that was offside. Oh, what are we talking about the money offside? The no, the the Van Dyke one, the why oh, yeah. the reason why I wasn't even given a penalty. I, I suppose, I suppose if they're being consistent with like. It seems pretty much any part of your body has to be off then i suppose that's fine but so the penalty wasn't given but i don't understand how they then it's like 
they then replayed the foul so many angles just seeing like the brute force in the contact and they just didn't fucking it was it was crazy to me pickford he's just he's one of those guys where it's just like they're so reckless yeah like it's like this could have easily been avoided if you was if you could just act normal like it's not even a personal thing to pick but it's like you didn't have to go in like that and it's just one of those things where those reckless guys you probably didn't have any you know intent to injure him, of course but it's like you and your reckless nature look what's happened literally there was no need to go in that tough and um it's very peak on um van dyke to be honest because you know about the netherlands like in like the last five six years they've proper fallen off from the Lebanese that we know Lebanon used to dominate the world and everything and yeah they um, didn't go to the world cup in 2014 they didn't go to the euros and they just had a proper decline and obviously van dyke's rise to prominence in recent years has also meant a rise of prominence of the netherlands as well as other factors of course like the pie finally blossoming into a good player and everyone else but i'd say van dyke's a key figure of that so it's like he's gonna be out for what seven to eight months now yeah. be very lucky to make the euros which is next year like and the thing is even then it's an acl it's not even just the fact that it's an acl injury but from what i've seen i believe i'm i think it's a third grade or a grade mm. ACL injury something like that which essentially is the worst type of injury so i mean i'm hoping van dyke because as a neutral obviously we would love to see van dyke so it's like i hope he can come out of this fairly unscathed obviously he's going to be up for time but hopefully he can come back and go back to his usual form because like these type of injuries they usually just leave an everlasting effect and we never really get to see the player we saw before yeah exactly that was that was that's the key thing it's like he's not going to come back well you just hope that he's not going to come back mm. differently type of thing like it's going to affect him that that much it's mad it is mad and it's just it was just so avoidable that's what burns literally but um so yeah not now we'll go on to the next point which is i've i've made sure that like i want it to not be confused like i feel sorry for van dyke and i hope he gets back quickly but i've seen a lot of talk on socials a lot of talk on the tv shows from pundits and journalists across, across the world they're saying what that Pickford should also be kind of banned for that duration of time that Van Dyke's out for, or stuff like mm. that. Which me personally, I think is very mad. I think the most out of this situation that should have happened, because as I said, there was no intent, so it's hard for you to slap down like a five match day, six day ban or um, six game ban or something like that. But it's like I feel like definitely a card should have been shown. I, I believe you didn't get a yellow card, like. Yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit mad. He definitely should have been carded on the day, but yellow or red, but yeah. Yeah, you're right. That talk of like ban him for the length of time that Van Dyke's out is a bit. It's mad. Cause like you see, obviously both Arsenal fans, so we are very used to injuries across uh, to our players. Yeah, and I've seen like what a 19 year old Ramsey literally. That again, I'm not. I'm not here to make a competition of who got the worst injury mm. but just naming an example a 19 year old literally got his his legs snapped in half like literally physically you can see it snapped and um nothing really obviously 
sure Cross got sent off for that. But it's just like nothing happened there. Um, we saw it happen with Eduardo. Mm. We saw it happen with Shaw. Injuries are a part of this game. Yeah. And as I said, this was this could have definitely been avoided if he wasn't reckless. But injuries are a part of the game. And it's like for all of this uproar I've seen of recent, and again, I'm here to defend Liverpool fans, but they don't really do themselves any justice because this is giving off that victim mentality, yeah. which I don't really mess with. A hundred percent. It's a bit, yeah, it's definitely a bit much. And it's like, it's taken out of context what happened. It's a bit reactionary. And like, imagine, imagine you did that for like every single type of injury. Literally. It'd be crazy. Like half of the flipping squad would be out. Like if, if, obviously an injured player would be out and the player committing it would as well. What if like it was, um, a, God forbid, a career ender? What does your career end as well? Um, literally... <laughs> I don't actually, that should not be something we should be talking about. That'd be so It's funny. just, it's a bit, yeah. I, I completely, literally, literally of I can completely understand. And Pickford maybe is a bit tapped. I don't think he really is. At the time, I don't think he was necessarily upset or like remorseful too tough. But there are some players that injure others and you can see like the proper remorse in their face. And to like double down on the punishment would be a bit much. Definitely, definitely, man. But yeah, no. Obviously, we do wish Van Dijk a speedy recovery, but I just felt like the Liverpool fans and the pundits across the world went a bit overboard, in my opinion. Like, I don't really mess with that too tough. But we'll, we'll keep going on about the rest of the Merseyside derby. Now, it was one of those games where, me personally, like, it felt like a proper derby this yeah. time. I'm seeing loads of good tackles. Well, no, I wouldn't say good tackles. Like, we don't encourage it, but... It's a derby. It's nice to see that people actually care. Tough tackles. To go you know, like I'm seeing Richarlison going all um, in his tackles. I'm seeing everyone just put their necks on the line for a derby like this. And as I said, we love to see it, man. But um, I didn't really feel like there was one period where it felt like nothing much really happened. I don't know if it was just me. I think after Van Dyke, so obviously Liverpool scored very, very early on, which was a surprise to me. And I think surprise to Everton, they didn't come out of the box very fast. And then it was a bit like, it got a bit dead. And then obviously the injury happened soon after. And then you could kind of see a switch where Liverpool just like, oh shit, type of thing. They conceded a corner, good good corner, bad goalkeeping from the other guy in, the, in between the sticks. Oh, so dead. Just like, <laughs> if Pickford's bad, Adrian's 10 times worse. But literally, like, but as I was saying last week, it's like these Spanish keepers, like they're just yeah, they're yeah. He and now without Van Dijk in front of him. Oh yeah, no, that's something something we should touch on. Like, kind of what goes on forever forward for Liverpool now. I, I I'll just say there's one thing I'm kind of looking forward to seeing. Like, I hope club will imp- implement this. We've seen Fabinho play at centre back, mm. masterclass vs Bayern Munich. February 2019 at Anfield, 0-0, kept a clean sheet, man in the match, mm-hmm. didn't put a foot wrong. Flip it round to a year later, a year and a bit later, versus Chelsea, 2-0 win, kept a clean sheet, again, another man in the match performance. Now, as I said, it's only two games at centre-half. I know previously he was a right-back, so and he's a defensive mid, so that defensive side of his game, it's not like he's... Um, 
like clueless to it like he's fairly familiar with it so me personally I, i'd like to see fabinho there i know they got joe matif and i know they got joe gomez and actually do they even have like a lot of guys to look to because they sold love they sold lover and they've got Clavin, I think his name is. It's all him. I don't know if he's on their books. They've got that that guy who they just played in one of the cup games. He's his hair is kind of like Van Dijk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The young guy. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> to be yeah, honest, he could be. Pressure. Yeah, he could be thrown. He could just be on like the bench type of thing, just to get used to being in the squad and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, no. Therefore, I'm trying to see for being a person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'll be short term. I'm seeing talk of like of McConnell, I think someone else. Like they're definitely probably gonna go buy someone in January. Yeah, but you that thing with to, um Fabinho that you're saying would work well because Liverpool. I know people were saying when they were winning the titles and stuff that their midfield wasn't stand like standing out off the page, but they got bodies in there. They can put Thiago, they can put Hen- Thiago and Henderson in that pivot. Oh, that was. Yeah. That was lovely to see. So they got covered there now. And I think Fabinho, he's not he's not experienced in terms of like a Liverpool player. He's not like a Henderson type captain, but I just do trust him more than... I don't think Mat- Matip and um, Gomez have ever played together. I think there was something... Yeah, I don't think that. Because Van Dijk's literally, I think Van Dijk's literally played every single game, every single Premier League game since he arrived. Like, it's crazy. This is yeah. Not the first time he's going to miss a game. Yeah. Nuts. So, he's like, that is mad. <laughs> so, yeah, so, it's like a Gomez next to Van Dijk next to Van Dijk, but never actually seen the two Gomez and Matip together. Yeah, and obviously Matip is a bit more injury prone, so I wouldn't necessarily rely on him. Yeah, that's so, Because the thing is, I actually rate Matip, like, yeah. During that period in the Champions League run when they won it, he was actually solid. Hundred so, percent. Like you said, like his injury record is, you can't rely on that. Hence why he does it. Yeah. That yeah. Literally like um, Eric Bay, um, yeah, at United. Yeah. Man. You can't really build a, a diff- That's why it was. I suppose it was calm with Van Dijk, so they could just like switch in Gomez, switch in Matip when needed, because they knew that. They they necessarily he didn't necessarily need to have such a strong partnership with like um what is it like City with Laporte he was the link between the two like he needed to have that partnership as opposed to as opposed to him just being in and out of the squad type of thing so yeah. or company I guess. But what I will say is like this just makes the title race so much more interesting now. Yeah, if it wasn't already before. <laughs> like. Because obviously, it's been a crazy start to the season where everything's been up and down. So, me coming to the season and many others, we were talk, we were um, predicting obviously Man City to come back with a vengeance and you know come for the title and win it. Then obviously they got yeah. top five too. They've drew with Leeds like they've had a, a very shaky start to the season and they're not looking like the usual Man City of before. So then we moved mm-hmm. on like oh yeah Liverpool they've improved with Thiago and shit like that. So. They, Liverpool got off to, I believe it was a sloppy start, but like they started to pick up pace. I think they beat what Ars- Arsenal, Chelsea, and some other big teams, like all back to back to back. So mm. then it was looking like Liverpool, but they've lost Allison now. Obviously, Allison's a couple of weeks, not as long as Van Dijk, but 
but this Van Dyke injury is a, a game changer. I don't know yeah. what I can say if I would bring Batman City into this, but look, I don't want to get too ahead, but I don't think Everton can actually be written off this time. Like, I'm, I'm actually sticking by it because it's like, this isn't just a random manager who's at the wall right now. That That is the thing. That's the game Yeah, 100%, because the one thing you always look to is just that, is it not a per I wouldn't say purple patch per se, but is it like a run of form? But it doesn't seem they're not. I don't know how to describe. It. They're not lucky when they're winning the games, type of thing. That they haven't. They haven't really. Liverpool was a good test. They haven't played the obviously Tottenham. They beat. Yeah, I wouldn't but, really count the Tottenham game. Like, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I can really say that to be honest, but Tottenham were very poor that game. Yeah, that would put that was probably the only game that they really scraped though. Yeah, yeah. And obviously they have played they played Palace, West Brom, like these aren't these aren't the great sides. Great sides, but to be like properly tested. Yeah. This this Liverpool one is the first type of properly test, but I'd say another proper proper test is on its way coming and Yeah, we'll see how they no, because that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like this has happened bare times, like um i'll flip it back to the 15 16 season when mm. leicester won the title i vividly mm. remember as it being my local team palace were doing things like yeah they were up there with leicester for a very long time they were literally like in the top four by christmas like it was crazy obviously they fell off in the second half because you look at their team and would you respect like bar zaha and balassi like they were full of needy guys who were just overperforming Alan Pardew, again, with all due respect, he's not going to win a, a Premier League title. But you look at Ancelotti, this guy's a three-time Champions League winner. Three yeah. Sides, I mean. He's won the Premier League before. Um, like, if there was anyone you'd want to pick in this type of position, it'd either be him. You can make an argument for Mourinho, but some would say he's kind of finished as of recent. But if we're talking about trophies-wise, it's between him and Mourinho. Yeah. In such a position, so... A part of me really feels like Everton, Gen this is not a purple patch. I look at the team as well and it's like, Hammers Rodriguez is balling. It's like, this isn't news to me. Yeah. Rodriguez has been a baller for a long time. He just got frozen out. I look at the Carver, midfield is like ballers. Like they actually, they've actually assembled a team. The only thing, and I said this last week when we were talking about the transfers, Pickford and goal. I know he had a shook, uh, um, a shaky weekend, but even before that, yeah, yeah, I just don't trust that brother. And who do they have to look to as an alternative? Yeah, I don't know who their backup is. That that Lossal guy? They bought yeah the one that they bought in. I I, I do not know anything about him. Like, I think, they I think if like they had got, got... Uh, uh, he was like he, he got signed from Wigan. The Spanish guy. <laughs> Like someone like him would uh, Robles. Yeah. Mm. I mean I'm not saying he's amazing or anything, but it's just like he would be someone as like a recognized backer. Like gee, I don't know who they can rely on as well. Let's see if he's still there. Yeah, let's say like like you look at Maguire you look at someone yeah, let's just say Maguire, you look at Maguire, if he goes through a bad bad run of form, they could just slap someone in there who will just do a small little job or something. If Pickford goes through a bad run of form, like they can't actually take him out because what who are they actually gonna put in there? I think Robles left. He they got they got Robin Olsen on deadline day. 30, 30 year old Swedish guy. He was at Roma. Yeah, he's 
just got a bit of his. I remember him doing decent at the World Cup. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if this pick for form carries. Because that's the thing, in that game, it was weird because he actually made some good saves. The thing, no, Jay, the thing with this guy is he's a, he's a camera save specialist. <laughs> yeah, no, he I loves them ones. Bruv, he loves the he loves them long stretching arms because he's he's not. He's let me see how tall he is. He's not short, but his arms are short. So yeah, he's he's really very athletic. So it looks amazing. <laughs> but the guy cannot catch. He he barely play with his feet. Yeah, it feels like I'm, it feels like I'm ripping him. The but thing, the thing about um, Pickford like being a great ball playing goalkeeper is that it's a huge. It's a like he's just better. I think it's um it's come about because he plays for England no, it, and it, England would try. And... I'll give him his credit. His kicking's good. That's it. Yeah, he's not actually a good ball playing centre. I mean, ball playing um, goalkeeper. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, you're right though. Like, if there was that one worry, it would be their keeper, and it is a big worry because, like, I look at this season, I feel like Everton have definitely been good, but you look at the goals they concede, and it's just like, if they just had someone solid between the six, like, their record could be something crazy. Like, I don't know, scored thirteen goals, conceded two. Like, even even just for confidence as well. Yeah, but that centre back as well, like, yeah, because. The centre backs probably don't have that much confidence in him like that as they would like to have, you know. Yeah. But yeah, no, like great game. I remember we got we got to shed some light on on my guy Dominic Calvert Lewin's argument. Bro. The leaps from that guy as soon as the the whistle blew, he must have. I, I know he's got hops from from working with um Ferguson and like he scored some good headers, but even just going for like. Goal kicks, just leaping up like high above. He didn't really get a chance to compete with Van Dijk, but Bro. he he tended to drift away to like um, I think who else was who what centre back was playing? Um, was it Matip or Gomez? Yeah, he went. He was like kind of moving towards him, and you could just tell like he was just screaming out, cross this ball in, and let him do it and. The goal he scored, bro. I know he. I know it was on um, Robertson. He's not the tallest of guys, but it was insane. The, the hang time, bro, it was incredible. Like when I was comparing it to a Mark Ronaldo, these these mm. type of comparisons, I don't make them often. Like I don't yeah. want to be that guy who's like, oh, look at me, edgy comparison. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, like when I saw that, I instantly thought of Ronaldo versus Sampdoria. A hundred percent. This is a skill, and I'm trying to tell people this is not like a purple patch. This is not just a good run of form. He won't die out soon. He's been like this ever since Ancelotti came in, and it's scary. I'll be real. Like it's yeah, a hundred percent for both English strikers um, Harry Kane and Calvert Lewin to be in the form of their lives. So mm. this does continue. Like the Euros is going to be a very. I mean, you, you know, you can never have like too much strike and stuff like that but someone will have to take the i mean you could play two or two i guess i feel like that would actually work a lot like because he's like the yeah bro and that's another thing i saw someone come on my post like he's a one-trick pony the thing is he has i will what i will say is that he's a bit of a he's a tall striker and he's and he's yeah that's what I would say. So that stereotype of him just being a bit less techy than usual is a bit... It's, a, it's outdated now. Because his touch against West Ham, his touch in some of the games, 
there was the touch before you know when he he touched it down and he shot it side netting but it was kind of like he was going for the corner People saying, oh, it's a shit shot. Any striker would bury that, da-da-da. But he knows in himself, listen, I'm not banging his top bins. I'm not starting this in a corner. Let me do something for my team. Let me get a corner. But yeah, the touch before, oh, technique was beautiful. So I, I, I would have heard that last season. But this, he's a different man this year. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, got, he's got something about him. Because I remember I made a post in last season. I, I actually rated him. I spe- I, the moment I started properly rating him was when he scored that goal against Arsenal. Yeah, like a bicycle. it was a bicycle scissor kit. It was awkward in the middle. Where it's just like thinking, yeah, this guy looks serious, bro. Like obviously, I didn't think he'd be like this, but like there was something about him where you keep your eye on him. But I can understand even then if people would make such a statement. But it's like he's come back. Even then, he's coming. He's coming to this season. He looks more bulkier. Like he's, he doesn't just look like a lanky guy. Like he actually yeah. bulkier. He's very athletic. As I said, the jumping. We don't need to talk too much about that. But one thing I will say that again, another side of him that gets kind of underrated like again when the people are saying he's a one-trick pony like if you watch this guy this guy puts himself about he actually works and he pressures yeah. everything like that's what i'm saying he could be up there i mean the thing is i don't the thing is Firmino's had a very poor start to see so right now i say Calvin is the best target man in the league easily mm. But mm, yeah overall, again Firmino's had his good times in the past couple of seasons so i don't want to completely write off his team but Right now, Calvert-Lewin is the best target man in the league. He's on yeah. his way to being... I mean, we'll see in it. Because I don't, I don't really want to count Harry Kane as a target man. Although what he's doing right now is target man stuff, if you know what I mean. He's moving... He's he's like... He's a target man, but he, he's still dropping deep. But he still finds himself... That's the thing. It's, it's, it's so weird. With, that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't actually explain what's... I mean, might as well veer on to that Spurs game but it's like I can't explain what Harry Kane is doing right now his he's positioning is class it's weird he's doing a midfielder's role and a striker's role yeah. at the exact same time it's mad it's mad and it's the fact that like you're saying that game he could have had countless assists but he got a goal for himself he could have had an, he got two goals for himself actually and yeah yeah when when that first one went in, I had to. I just like obviously, we're not too biased, and I know you're you're a bit less than me, but I just had to say this guy is serious. Yeah, no, yeah, like it's it's literally between him and Calvert Lewin, but I say I don't know. It's, it's literally whoever it is, they're the best striker in the league. Like if someone asks me, oh, who's the best striker in the league right now? Harry Kane or Calvert Lewin? My reply would just be yes. You, literally, and do you know the thing with what we're saying, like. They're, they happen to be both English. It's never. It doesn't have to be a thing of which who's who's. And obviously, I understand like, um, what is it? Kind of how like politics. Like, oh, Kane needs to start because he's captain. We want striker, but I don't understand. If there's talent in front of you, this maybe goes to the manager or whatever. If there's talent together, I think he did come on. That I think they were playing at one point this international break. And Kane was just moving off him. Um, Luke Calvert Lewin was doing the dirty work type of thing. I heard that Calvert Lewin was playing on the left wing. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. Yeah, he that's that was it. He he was um, he they he was playing on the left for Everton before all the Sancho stuff. So he does have it in him that like work ethic and that 
honestly, yeah, yeah, he's moved. He's moved a lot, to be fair. But just put both of them in, and it's just a different. It's something different for defenders to deal with, as opposed to like any country or any team at the moment. Isn't it's not like a. It's not um. Yeah. I feel like they could definitely complement each other because, as I said, like Harry Kane has the more playmaker side about him. Hundred percent. Calvert Lewin Calvert has the more like dog work side of him. Yeah. Putting on great finishes, both of them offer great qualities. I can easily imagine like Harry Kane chipping the ball over the top, and someone like Calvert Lewin would definitely like get onto the pro. They could actually work wonders together. But you know, when you remember the guy who's in charge, you know you gotta ask questions. Like you know, I don't really know if that would actually work out because. We've got Southgate in charge, like. Yeah, exactly. Does he know? He doesn't have a clue what he's doing. Full stop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that that West Ham Tottenham game was nuts. That was so nuts because I thought it was. I I thought it was done. Like everyone else, we all thought it was just done and dusted. Mm. Then they made when they made it free. When I was just thinking, oh, it's just going to be a controversial. Even the way the sorry to interrupt. You know the way the goal went in. It kind of just like oh. It was a bit like, oh, it, it snuck in. Against the runner play as well. Like, yeah. West Ham didn't, obviously, when um, the substitutions were made, it was, even then, no, it wasn't because when the substitutions were made, um, Bale had his chance yeah. to make it 4-1. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to put the blame on him because that's very harsh and that's, yeah, that's hella harsh. But, like, you got to put those away still and the old Bill would have put that away and I don't I, I had high hopes for Gareth Bill this season I'm just hoping that he's just not a finish Let's, I'm hoping that that was just a one-off and everything because that was mad like, have put that way, you know when no one's where you even if I was um, a West Ham fan just give up type of thing or not give up but if I was like if I was that connected just turn off the TV but if it was a goal as soon as he made that touch inside you're thinking I think he dropped one of I don't know what player he did the little La Croqueta thing yeah. and then the finish just kept going wide I was thinking what is going that's on rich. that's what sparked the comeback I kind of feel like that's kind of what sparked the comeback do you know what that exactly I think that with the fact that West Ham were never they weren't what that you're saying they, they it, it was done and never... that's it they weren't they weren't done and dusted type of thing and it was just one of those like they gave a very stale effort for most of the game so it's like they allowed Tottenham to dominate they allowed Tottenham to be comfortable yeah, so yeah. you could say it's a smart tactic to be honest because Tottenham probably fell for that became comfortable and literally got caught lacking literally <laughs> literally but yeah, no, that's exactly that yeah I can't even say more than that story they just literally got caught lacking and it's happened too many times and you thought with Mourinho there that kind of gets iced out of them does not look like the case that's what I was thinking because I was thinking like obviously we saw what happened with Tottenham and United not much more needs to be said on that game but it looked like alright cool you know, them Spurs might genuinely be onto something they've made signings they've got Mourinho Mourinho could be out there getting because I thought Mourinho Hello. when he came to Spurs I'd be real can you hear me alright we're back Minor, minor technical difficulties, but we're back. So we'll just continue with what's going on yeah. in the conversation. But yeah, no, so when Mourinho came, I did think he was a bit finished. Like, obviously, we saw his time at United, let's say that about that one in the British Charlie. And I, I, me personally, I was just thinking, like, the guy's still an entertaining character. 
just keep him in the Sky Sports studio and let him do his thing there. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Literally, but I'm like, this guy, one thing he didn't lose was that entertainment factor. So just keep him Charisma. There. Literally. 100%. But, um, I thought, obviously, he was finished. But this season, he got the signings he wanted. And we saw what happened in the United game. Like, he absolutely slapped them up. And it was just like, he looked like maybe a guy who's trying to get a vengeance, trying to tell people, yeah, like, you're trying to write me off from Jose Mourinho. And everything was looking all good for Spurs. And even then, when they were 3-0 up, I was thinking, yeah, like, they slapped up um, United. They're doing this. They've knocked out Chelsea at the cup. They've done all of that in the space of a very very short space of time. So it's like, you've got to give credit for them on that side of things. So it's like, Spurs might be onto something. And, bro, how, how are you going to bottle it? And what was it? The last 15 minutes? How? Ten. Ten. They've got the first goals in the 82nd minute. Wow. Like, it's, bro, it's just, how? You're not built for this. I'm sorry. Like, there's no bias because I want to give like Tottenham the credit many times like he was seeing my polls like I'm I'm not afraid to give credit where due but it's like mm-hmm. I just can't take you serious like that when oh, you're throwing it away like that but yeah so the first goal went in thought it was just a consolation the second goal was a calamity now Davison Sanchez is another guy like I've said my I've said my piece on Eric Bailly I feel like he's just a dead stamp just a bit less injury prone Bro, mm. these guys are calamitous. But what they will do is they'll make a crazy little tackle, which will make people think, yeah, this guy's a, these these are solid centre back. Like, and they're fast. <laughs> literally pacey. So they can actually save themselves a couple times. But these guys are dodgy. We need to just we need to just have a dialogue about it. You know, yeah. if, if people just be willing to admit that these guys are finished. Like mm. this Davison Sanchez guy, he came with a lot of potential from Ajax, you know, he was meant to be a proper centre. I actually rated him when he first came as well. Like in that first short period, as time went on, this guy just keeps showing me that he's a sus defender every time. Yeah. And it's like that own goal was just like the position was all bad. And then the way he just like basically obviously he tapped it in, but it was just like the positioning. How have you left yourself in such a position where you had to do something like that. Of course that was going to happen. This should be natural instincts to you as a centre-half to not leave yourself so exposed like that. But mm. as I said, he doesn't have those natural instincts, does he? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what instincts this guy has. <laughs> it's peak because even like... Um, what are we saying? Even with like the Tongan leaving, um, Alderweireld is, is still there, but it was a bit like, okay... It's bad that these guys are aging, but we've got Sanchez there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We got him. We got him there, and that's the thing, Jay. When when we speak about them, because because we when or like we are we're known to support Arsenal, it's that biased thing. But bro, we just say how it is, you know. The thing, the thing. That's the thing, and we're not here. If Arsenal play shit, we played shit on the weekend. We'll get. Oh, we, we will get onto that. Like, no, we're ready for it's, that. It's not a thing of like, oh yeah. Do you know what? We were unlucky. Referee did this. It's just facts. We'll just say what it is. And Tottenham this season, the guys are saying late title charge. I'm thinking, did you have you? Are we watching the same type of stuff? Like, obviously, it's the thing is they've got names and they've got Harry Kane and Human Son are world class players. I, I put on my story the other day. If Son didn't play for Tottenham, maybe this is where I'm biased. If Son didn't play for Tottenham, he'd be my favorite player. He's class. Mm-hmm. Left Sir. foot, right foot, bro. Do you know what? I really just coming up. It's I like that type of like something about him on the ball. His like his whole thing. 
I, I like it. I just like with the ball. Very, yeah. very great strike with the ball as well. Oh, and that's, that's that is it. You can just hit it cleanly, bro. Mm. Not many people can do it like that on such a consistent, regular basis. Yeah. So these guys goals, mm. but that defense and even the midfield as well. The Hoiberg, he has been good. A, he was. He's a, he surprised he's a me. One. He's an awkward but, one because I rated him yeah. at Southampton with yeah. Ward Prowse, and as I said, I've said it before. Like I did rate him for what he offered, but it's so far in his Tottenham career, it's literally one great game. One poor game, one great game, one poor game. He can't you know the thing? get a thing. Yeah. yeah. Do you, the thing with when we rate someone up, like I'm all for buying in the Premier League. Arsenal, I want you to buy Premier League talent because this league, we that thing of oh, it's adapting to the league is long. I don't want to wait for that. But you have to t- you have to really look at stuff for what it is. Hoiberg is good at Southampton. How many times do you watch Southampton in a year? Oh, you asking me? Maybe. Well, not you in particular, because I know you oh, watch a lot of football. Yeah, For me, yeah. in particular, how how many times am I watching Hoiberg? Have yeah, an amazing. I... That's the thing. So he can afford for Southampton. They're not title challengers. They're not going for Europe. They're just mid-table. He can afford to have one good game against a big team, one good game against so and so, and then be effectively quiet for the rest. I'm not saying he's a bad player. Don't take but, like, less pressure on his name now. I mean, uh-huh. less pressure before. Sorry. Uh-huh. But performing every single game, whether it's West Ham, Man City, Real Madrid in Champions League, whoever in the cup, when you're at a big club that Tottenham want to be and they claim to be, it's different. Mm-mm-mm. And that level of consistency is important. And it's hard. It's hard to put that little, a lot of pressure on that guy. I'm happy for Dembele. I mean, not Dembele. Um, Ndombele, sorry. Yeah, he's yeah. he seems to be coming into his own a bit. He did come off when it was three and up, so no, he didn't make any mistakes. This, this guy can't last. So. Like, bro, can't <laughs> last the whole game, lad. Like. It's inevitable. It's a ritual. Like, this off, guy comes off at like seventy minutes. Like. <laughs> came off wheezing, like bro, like as every well, single that. bro. Those two, every single time, them guys just cannot last a the game. <laughs> they come off like crawling off the pitch, strolling off like, bro. Are you so unfit, yeah, man? No, but done that thing. I'll, just, That's it. I'll, I'll just I'll give him his credit in it. Like he's, yeah. he's been doing his thing, but yeah. he just needs to pattern that fitness car. There's just a part of me which was just never written in Don Belly car. This guy's just never fit. Yeah, the guy looks so he looks like a yeah. We we done we done talking about it. he yeah. looks like <laughs> he looks like he struggles to do his day to day. Literally. But yeah. So he's come um I don't know if Harry Winks played. Harry Winks was they they were saying he was at fault for the goal, but the last goal, I don't I, I wouldn't really blame it on him. Yeah, but even the last him goal was a bit yeah, awkward. When what's he what's he saying? Because uh, I just he's a big man really. now. Yeah, like the he's thing a big is, man now. Harry Winks is always he's low key been a bit not like a fraud like in the way he plays, but mm. he's always being viewed as like a prospect. He, you know people corn Lingard <laughs> about that every time. I'm sorry, we need to call on Harry Winks about that. People move like he's a 23 year old prospect. My guy's nearly 30. <laughs> what the hell? He's been doing his thing for time. Bro, like, this he guy was is early potch. Literally, this guy is a big man. Like, he, we can't treat him like he's a prospect anymore. Yeah. And yeah, again, he's like, I, I don't, he doesn't really offer much. He's a bit of a sideways. They just need to, obviously, I, I believe he's injured. But Lo Celso, he's the main guy. I rate him. Yeah. He's he's yeah. a baller. I rate him. Yeah. So 100%. Lo Celso was class. And he was he came into his own a bit with um 
Mourinho. I think at the start it was a bit shaky, but I remember he got injured at yeah. some point, and, and it was like a it was a big loss. It looked like he was going to be a flop at first because obviously he was rated very highly at Batiste. You know, mm. Came in obviously mm. alongside Spurs' dip in form at the start of last season. He suffered as well. Then I think they made it permanent in January, so I was very baffled when that happened. I was thinking. This guy's not started off well and you've only gonna made him permanent for no apparent reason because you could have just waited. But so you could have just waited until the end of the season. But mm. credit to them, he's become a good player. But yeah, no, like, yeah, you were saying the title race talk, I kind of got sucked into that. I'll be real. I was a bit worried of Spurs. I was thinking <laughs> like, gee, the way they just dismantled Manchester United, like, mm. and they went with Vim. They yeah. went with like, no. You guys tried to F me off. You tried to exile me and make me the, the villain at this mm, club. You mm. said I played boring football. He came to you, he came to your block, and he put six past you. You said, <laughs> not three. We're not gonna, just going to put three and leave it at that. We're going to put six past you to make you remember who I am. Remember, make, make you remember who you hired. So I got sucked, yeah. I was, I got sucked into that. I was thinking, Jose Reno might be back, you know, like Tottenham mm. might be back, but... Yeah, mm. they need to pattern that defence before anything because, I mean, to be fair, they tried to pattern it. They tried to bring a screen here. I don't know what yeah. happened, but it didn't work. But they need to pattern that before we can include them in any sort of situation or discussion like that. Do you know what, though? I know we've won in on Tottenham, but pretty much every fucking team in this league. But now Van Dijk's out, who's the top centre-back now? Oh, bro, we, we said this. Like, we, we've been starved of good centre-backs yeah. for nearly a decade now yeah like yeah. like the, the the level of centre-backs the level of defending is at an all-time low right now that's why goal that's why it's 5-5 five, five every week that's Bro, why we're that's, seeing goals that's why I had Maguire in my team over the season last season so I was thinking he wasn't world-class he wasn't amazing but he's the best out of a bad bunch as I mm. said if I was to make my team of the season 10 years ago I would have Rio Ferdinand um, Vidic um, these are all who else there was a other there was a couple other you know top centre backs out there and I, I would have yeah. these guys to pick from and it would be a decision to pick who my two centre backs in my team in the season would be last season I, I had Maguire there with all due respect to him I, I said that he had some good stuff about him and I'm, this is not me trying to shit on him because last season he was solid mm. not team of the season worth in my opinion but like he technically was because he was the best out of that bad yeah. bunch that was on offer. Obviously, Bar Van Dyke, everyone else dropped off. And it's like, like you said, Van next one, Laporte is, he's back, but he's not really. Because I think, he's, I swear he had a little injury as yeah. well. Do you know what? Um, Talking about Laporte, Ruben Diaz yeah. has impressed me, to be fair. Yeah, he was solid, he was solid, he was solid. I mean, yeah, we might as well, as you know, let's quickly touch on the Lazzini goal. Oh, madness, awesome. madness. Crazy. I mean, yeah, no. People were getting on to me, making him my ball yeah. of the week. I made him ball of the week for the simple reason that you just, a special moment like that. I just, I can't say nothing to that. Yeah, my man might have got two goals. He might have got two assists. Bro, and he, he rescued the points. I, I, I don't understand what, like, what, did he play bad? And then score a scream or something. He came on in the 77th. Game turned when he came on. Literally. Like, it wasn't even like, it wasn't like he didn't do anything. I'm not saying like he was creating or a free chance there, had this much dribbles, anything, but you could see the tempo improved mm. when you had a creative outlet there yeah. on the pitch. Because before then, there was no real creative outlet in that West Ham side. Do you know what? Landing um, in class as well. Goal. 
He's just been oh yeah, so, like definitely, definitely. haunted by injuries. Literally, it's Pete. Because that season, that 15-16 season, I remember I was always saying this, like, everyone's talking about Pyatt, and rightly so. Mm. I feel like you're just seeing on Lanzini a bit. Mm. Yeah. During, obviously, no, no one can actually vouch me because no one knows. I didn't know you. None yeah, of these yeah. fans knew me anything. But that's something I was always saying, like, so um, at the time, they were, obviously Urzel had his amazing season as well, mm. and I just kept seeing Pyre Urzel, Pyre Urzel. Mm. Like, there's another baller in that West Ham side, mm. and it's unfortunate the way it ended up happening because obviously, as I said in my post, like Pyre left, he was meant to be the main talisman, he was meant to be the guy for West Ham, the, the new cult hero, everything, and mm. injuries just fucked him over so much. Yeah. Like, it's peak, but I hope we can see the old Lanzini before because that guy was a baller. Like, he yeah. was cold. Class. But that goal, hey, like, boy, when that happened, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. I couldn't, and I was thinking, I was just on my phone and I saw no notifications pop up. Mm. And it went, it went in. I was thinking, let me just check my phone. It was one of those moments where you didn't feel like it was real. Let me just Slow motion. Bro. And it went right into the corner, off the bar. Like, I, I can't it say looked weird. It looked weird. I, it, yeah. I, nothing. Like, yeah. no keeper stopping that. And, bro, it's, I can't, I got no words for it. Yeah, madness. No words. And what a time. What a time. Literally, the last kick. Like, we're not even talking like it was 85th minute. Or we're not talking like, oh, there was two more minutes to play. Mm. Literally, last kick. I swear, when they restarted it, he must have blown yeah. it so straight away. Yeah. Yellow card and the game's done. Literally, aye. That was straight Iniesta versus Chelsea. Like, literally, the way he sliced the ball as well. Mm. Crazy, crazy. So, yeah, no. Nah, big up Lanzini each and every time. You know, as I said, shout out to Werner. You got what two assists on the goal. Mm. Harry Kane was, if that goal didn't go in, it would Harry Kane would have been my ball of the week because I don't really. It's it's such an awkward situation because Tottenham did bottle it and everything, but mm. bar then, Harry Kane had an amazing game. Yeah, and he was so um, unlucky to hit the post. Yeah, and yeah, he was. Oh, he overall was just amazing. It's just unfortunate that you know. Goals like that do not come around every weekend, and you know, like when you got a guy like that, bro. I just had to in it. Like, if you don't agree with me, you know what? You can make your own ball of the week, and I'll, I'll be there waiting. You know, <laughs> just let me know, hit me up, and I'll, I'll follow. I'll be waiting. But let I like. Trust me, have your Werner as your team of the week, but it's, it's be, ball of the week, sorry. But be yeah, realistic not, about it. I don't want it to be a statistical-based thing. Yeah. Because I want it to be a week where a man could have got a hat, got a hat trick. Who's wow. remember who in at the wow. end of the season, Premier League years and them things, no one's remembering mm-hmm. Werner's two goals against Southampton. Exactly. It's moments. Moments is what makes us remember. Feel me? Mm-hmm. Like I again, I don't want it to be a statistical based thing. I want a man I want it to be a week. Let this be a warning. There will be a week where a man might score a hat trick. But if I don't know, who's who's the first thing? If Los Celso, if Sabayos putting out an amazing midfielder's performance. Yeah. I will make them my ball of the week, even yeah. if they got zero goals, zero assists. It's the way it goes. Yeah. I'm here for moments, not stats. Yeah. That's what's really in the game these days, you know, like that. Hundreds, hundreds. But we might as well move on to the Man City Arsenal game. <laughs> oh my days. Fun times. All this. Um... I mean, fun, fun. That, was, <laughs> that game was dead. That game was dead. All this. Ah, oh, um, also, I haven't won at um. 
a big six club in one million years and you're thinking we know this crazy we know this. Like, <sighs> it's a joke and I, yeah i'll be real like i did not expect to win this yeah. no I, I don't know because a part of me was a bit more confident but the fact we lost was no way a surprise to man i'll be real it wasn't like, a lot if we did i don't think it was sorry scrum mods i don't feel as if we got even beaten we just gave yeah, up, like, like no one, we just yeah. conceded that. Oh man, City are better than us, so unfortunately we're going to lose respect. now. Way too much respect for them, because they, they, as I said, I was in the group. I was saying if this was seventeen, eighteen, Man City, where they were on free smoke for anybody who came their way, I potentially understand it because hmm. that that Man City team was P. This team, that's not the same Man City. Timmy, the same Man that's City the word that I'll use. Literally. It's not the same Man City that will properly pressure you, come for you. They'll pack six goals past you like it's nothing. Like they're not that Man City anymore. Like, bro, this team, this Man City team, it's sad to see it fall like this, but it is what it is. Like Aguero's finished as well. I'm, I'm gonna start running that agenda. Aguero, he, he's been one of my favorite players of all time. Um, I've, I've always loved the way he plays a striker role. If he never got injured every single season, he would be breaking numerous records. Yeah. I can put my, I'll bet my life on that. Mm. There was times where he's getting all 29 goals while sidelined for like six, seven games. It's like, mad. This guy would have broken that 32 goal record mm. easily. Mm. So I've rated him, but he's finished. Yeah. He's finished at the top level, in my opinion. Yeah. Like too many injuries, a bit too inconsistent for someone of his level. You can't mount any title challenge with him as a striker anymore. I'll be real. Yeah. And again, Gabriel Jesus, I think he's arguably the best backup striker. Main striker, I don't know. Something I said on my page today, I believe, and I'm probably going to make a full-on post about this on Instagram because I feel this will work out perfectly mm. for many reasons. Manchester City next summer should go all out for Erling Haaland. Yeah. He's got a release course next, which is active next summer. £60 million. Pounds, money. £60 million. No, six, six, zero, six, zero. 60, sorry. But see, yeah. Oh, yeah, even then, still, like, this guy should be getting, like, minimum three figures. Yeah, literally. 60, though. Yeah. So, like, for someone like Man City, that would be like... Pocket change. Them. He's a very young player, of course, so build it for the future. Um, him and Foden and other young players, of course, that Man City side. Mm. Um, obviously, I believe he's not a Man City fan. He, he's a Leeds fan. But did he... he I don't know. There was uh, his dad definitely played. His dad played for Man City. Yeah. And I, m- I remember there was a picture of him in an old Man City kid kit when he was a kid. So I feel like there's just there's a lot of Man City links between him and Harlan, like in the Harlan family. Mm. I feel like a move like that would be perfect because Aguero's finished. Man. Yeah. hundred percent. It's, it's hard for me to say. Can't really agree. I've, I've loved him because they did all that rubbish. Oh, Aguero's not going to play. Aguero's not going to play, and he can't. He played and. I don't think he actually did much because I said we weren't even that bad I'll be real Gabriel I felt like he had a very good game he was not to blame for the goal and other than that he was everywhere winning headers tackles put his neck on the line he's looking like a very solid sign I I don't want to get too ahead because it's been a couple games and you know what anything can happen but very very good start to his Arsenal career so far yeah Um, yeah, I get it felt like Gordon yeah and even the goal that they scored was just so cheap, man. Just like oh, extremely. Parry. Bellerin. Yeah. Bellerin. Um, you know, again, I, I've loved Bellerin. I've loved him and I've, I've tried to back him because I remember what Prime Bellerin was mm. on 
like five seasons. Even I think I saw also post a video today. His run versus Bayern Munich was like um, five years old now, something like that. So I remember that Bellerin, mm. that Bellerin with pace, that Bellerin who would attack, that Bellerin who could actually get back, and Bellerin who'd actually win his tackles. Yeah. Now he's getting broke up. It's just it's time. It's time. We might just need to wash our hands off him whilst we can because it's like if you do prolong in these situations you look at something like oh, mm. their stock's going to keep decreasing yeah like I, I don't see him I don't see Bellerin getting any better it's it's so hard because I, I really like Bellerin as a person but we have to take sentiment out of this and on the pitch he's just not cutting it and he ain't been cutting it no. slap Ainsley Maitland, Maitland now is their car he's the guy who actually puts in a proper shift yeah up and but, down as well good yeah, link up with Pepe the goal was yeah. The goal was cheap. The goal was very cheap. And it, uh, Leno, like I want, I I really want him to do well. I really want him to do well. Mm. And I'm ha- I want to credit him when he has amazing games like he did against Liverpool in the Carabao Cup. Mm. He needs to stop this parry and stuff. I'll be wrong. <sighs> he he needs to stop that. It's thing. And it's gonna to get to a point on like this is a game on FIFA. You shoot across goal because you know the keeper's gonna parry it. Easy tap mm. it. Yeah. Why is that a different thing in real life football? Like, what is that? Does he not consider that? Like, fam, it's and the thing is, I don't want to be too vocal about this because the moment you're vocal about Burn Leno, people then view you as a, a a hater of him. Yeah, because they this this whole thing between him and Martin is 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 still like going on and shit mm. like that. It's like. I've, 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 I think I finally got over Martinez going because the things I proper liked Martinez like yeah. I didn't I wasn't again I'm not someone who likes to exaggerate for the sake of it he's genuinely one of the best keepers in the league what he's doing at Aston Villa is no news I'm he, it's standard like you can tell when a player is just going through a purple patch and mm. you can tell when this guy's a solid player Coming I'm saying it with Calvert-Lewin and I'm yeah I'm saying it with Calvert-Lewin and I'm saying it with Martinez these are not purple patch players they're actual good players mm. they're you can just tell I don't know how I mean I might need to come again and explain it how I can actually tell but I don't know you you, you should be able to just feel when alright this player is just going on a good run of form and this player is actually a good player and yeah. Martinez was definitely one of the but I don't want to touch too much on the card then it will be a Martinez versus Lennon thing that's, that's long that's done and dusted in my opinion I've got over Martinez going is what, what I will say Leno has some he has flaws about him and he needs to cut them out because they're costly. Yeah. And his parent shit. That's going. the thing. Leno is a cl- very good keeper. One of the I was gonna say best in the league. The league does not have many good keepers, but he's up there in the league. It's just simple. I say he's a good shot stopper. Yeah, shot stopper. Other than that, I Do you know yeah, what yeah. though, Jay? I I agree. I was gonna reduce it to that because he has his distribution is not the best, but he's definitely improved with his feet. He's improved, but I I still think it's a bit of a myth like that he's one of the best ball playing keepers. Uh, he's, no, I'd no, say he's I'll, top no, six. Yeah, top six. I'd top say seven. good for him, good for what he needs to do. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like a couple Arsenal fans do stretch it. Like his ball playing ability isn't amazing. He does um, give nervous moments at defence. As yeah. I said, the parrying not good coming from the, the crosses. Fam, when he when the ball comes in from across. And he's he is there. He has to be there to punch it out again. He's non-existent, and yeah, I, I don't want to feel like I'm running a proper agenda against him. But it's like he has a lot of flaws about his game, and we can't keep paper over it because 
like Cold he's just come back from injury, or uh, but because of the Martinez situation, like no, like yeah. he needs to cut these flaws out of this game. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, completely agree. Nice, and man. because it's getting to a point now where we have to, we're gonna start relying on him. Yeah. And this we cannot afford. Like you're saying, we can't afford to be doing that. We can't yeah, afford to be the- relying on like that. Yeah, and I'll say him and um, Bellerin were probably at fault for the goal. And like you said, it was just a cheap goal. So it's like, it didn't feel like Man City went out second gear like that. Mm. Like, it didn't feel like we went out second gear. It genuinely felt like such a flat game. They just and needed to be scared. Like, they just needed to be attacked. I think both teams have their reasons, though. I feel like this Man City team in general, like, um, one of my guys, Cam. Yeah. Like, yeah. He made a point yeah. about... Kevin De Bruyne actually halting this Man City side and when he first said that everyone was calling him but I can hear where he's coming from I can actually hear where he's coming from I feel like in one sense but in one sense Kevin De Bruyne does hold this Man City side in another sense it's like if he's not there who they've got yeah I'll, I'll agree with that like I feel like when he's in the side they play around him and he yeah. they have to play through him. If they're not playing through him, nothing happens. Okay. When he's yeah, not I in the side, things we flow a bit more. I see what you mean, Jay, but I'm not blaming I, I'm not I'm not blaming him, but it's it, three for four. It, yeah, it works when you're having a season like you had last season. Like I'd say in that 17-18 season, some would argue not in the 17, um 18-19. Some would argue mm. it's not a coincidence that Man City were balling the way they were. Yeah. That one season he was injured. Mm. I I do hear that. And do you know why I hear that as well? Because guys the, like Bernardo Silva were playing. Literally, Bernardo like, Silva, David Silva, Fernandinho, in that midfield three, I feel like mm. it worked. It flowed better without the brand of there. And mm. like, now he's there. I feel like... Whatever, that was one like, of scoring goals as well. Yeah, no, they're different. Like, I don't want this to feel like I'm taking any because I feel like he still is the best on his day, the best midfield in the league. Obviously, form says different because you know you got players like James Rodriguez doing his thing and everything. But overall, yeah. ability right now he's the best midfield in the league, definitely. Yeah. Rightfully yeah. won his awards last season, and everything. I just feel like you know he might be onto something. Like this Man City team genuinely might flow better without him. Obviously, I can't really say that now because Bernardo Silva hasn't really shown that season he, the form he showed two seasons ago David Silva's left and Fernandinho is the only guy left so right now I would argue yeah they kind of have to stick with him there but I mm. say in the past season maybe two like it did flow better without the brain of there be real like it feels like right now it feels a bit robotic mm. like less beautiful football that they used to play a couple seasons back it was very efficient yeah like yeah yeah that's it really you get what you you get the goals, you get the assists, and you, as long as the defense is patterned, you win games. Do you know what? This even goes to Pep as a person. Even in his interviews, I think, I think I don't know if you listen to who is he, but he was kind of touching on it. It's a bit like he just looks tired. Yeah. Because he, I think he's not he's not with the I'm playing nice football and we're losing, and then it's all my fault. Yeah, yeah. He's just. I think he got to, go I think got to a point where yeah, I think he got to a point where it's like cool. You know what, fuck, like, F that in the nicest way. I'll still do my thing. I'm still keeping my philosophy. I'm not changing on that. But listen, give the ball to De Bruyne, put it in the box for Sterling, tap it in. And yeah. why not? 
when you guys got yeah. when everyone everyone corns Liverpool about their system players, but Champions League and Premier League under their belt. So yeah, like I I can't I'm not gonna fully blame or anything. Like there's no blame to really be dished out, but it it's just it's interesting because mm-hmm. as the games go, as the more and more games go by, we start. I personally start to see it a bit more. Like you know what, he's onto something. He's onto something. But as I said, right now you you wouldn't drop the Bruyne because as I said, the Bernardo Silva of now is not the Bernardo Silva of couple seasons back you know many players are not what they were anymore because I feel like this whole Man City side is just I think they're genuinely just falling off I don't know if they've lost interest or they're slowly not believing but it's it just don't feel they don't play that beautiful football anymore they don't have a spark like you're saying yeah like I don't yeah spark's probably the right word like there was no there's no real motivation right now although there should be like go get that title go take it back like the, the motivation you don't need more you let Liverpool win their first like league title, Premier League title of all time. Like that should be enough motivation. Let's not let that happen again. Let's not let them have this dominance. Like motivation, you don't need that. But it just feels like, as you said, they, they need that spark. But yeah, the, the game was boring, bro. Like obviously we lost Man City. Like won, it's very touching it again, but yeah. if minute and we're fucking passing. Sorry, I'm, I'm gonna sound angry, but we're passing it around the back. And I understand. Listen, up there. In that midfield, there's nobody to go through. I, bro, to go. this is like I'm. I've, I've got to that point now where fuck it. Like people always run with Urzel fanboys need to give it a rest. They need to let it go. Gee, are you not seeing? Like, again, I don't. It's blame shame. One I mean, do you know what it is? Sorry, what's that? What's that? Stubborn. That is it. Yeah. I, I, me personally, I don't blame Arteta because I feel like he's very smart, Arteta. Mm. He's patterning our defence before he thinks about Arteta. Every time we think about Arteta from before with previous managers, mm. we get packed. Yeah. If it was another manager of our previous times, we would have lost 4-5-0 or maybe the usual 3-0. Mm. Like, easy. Mm. What I rate about Arteta, he's making sure he patterns his defence first. So if it means that uh, the creativity side of it suffers, so be it. I feel like Arsenal fans are very... Greedy. We're used to like, yeah. no other defense. That's- yeah, like I feel like we need to be realistic. Like you, as a, if you look at our current squad right now, we can't have a great defense and great attack. If we had that, we'd be winning leagues. It's not. It's not going to be like that. Previously, we've picked a great attack mm-hmm. and you know not shown enough attention to the defense, which is why we get exposed bare times. If it's not getting exposed, we're winning games five four something dumb like that. Mm-hmm. Now Arteta is making sure the defense is patterned. Like if you look at our record right this season. We've conceded the second least goals, obviously second to Aston Villa. Mm. Defensively, he's changed us because it's like even you can even throw it back to the end of last season as well. We look like a much more rigid side defensively, but that creative side is lacking, and it's like it's a shame because we've actually got the personnel now. That's Thomas Partey behind, and you can rotate between Xhaka and Ceballos or something. You've got that midfield there. You can act as a good rock. But a good transition with the ball. Slap Urzel there. What's so hard? We're not saying make him uh, the main guy, first name on the team, shit, everything. Bro, he's not leaving clearly because the window's closed. He's got a year left in his contract. And they're paying him big yes, every literally. week. Literally. And it's a myth that uh, he doesn't work hard enough. Bullshit. He doesn't work. Does Bro, David Bill work hard enough? Just fucking Gee. all these guys, all these attacking players. 
and do you know what? Even William, William wasn't doing shit on the weekend. Oh, uh, no, bro. I, I I gave him his benefit of the doubt a couple of weeks back. What? the fuck man? like what was that about taking a piss and you know what i think he even pissed i think he even made arteta look bad because there was some attacking tra- bro do what you do what you're do what you've um prepared for guy standing still bro like he was just he was that's what you call ghosting mm. that's what you call ghosting mm. but yeah like in that i i can understand what arteta was trying to do like many people, me even like, oh, many people, I'm even bare dumb towards it. William was obviously acting as the false nine or centre forward who should be dropping a bit deeper. Because well, every time I watched him, he was just doing nothing very high up the pitch. I'm like, gee, you're not a striker. You're meant to be there as the one who got, you're meant to be the Firmino um, of that side where you drop a bit deeper, you still offer your creative outlet. Someone like um, Aubameyang on the left, someone like Pepe on the right should be feeding off someone like you if you're not doing anything they're starving mm. and that's that's what it was and I, as i said i gave him i gave william the benefit of the doubt a couple of seat, a couple of games back but i don't want to eat when i gave him the benefit of the doubt i was saying he would make a great back backup he shouldn't be starting against man city yeah what's going on like, what the hell and i I, yeah, no. I just do hope it's a bit of a cry for help type of thing not crap out, but yes. like a little bit of like, listen, guys. Just look at yeah. This is what look I mean. what I'm dealing with. Mm. But yeah, no. Like we're obviously starving for creativity. Um, that's evident. We were obviously after Hosamwa in the window. That didn't work out for various reasons, which I I'm I'm cool with why it didn't work out because the agent fees were ridiculous. Everything We've gone over that. Mm. Cool. But you look at our creative outlet. I mean, I I don't think it's confirmed, but. He's not in the Premier League squad right now, but it's not confirmed. Like it hasn't officially been released, but it's obviously strong rumors. Most likely will be true. Yeah. Most likely will be true. And it's like, who is our creative outlet? Like I don't. I'm. I'm seeing people say play Sabios there, and I'm saying you don't watch Arsenal games if you think Sabios is a playmaker. He's a deep line playmaker, a G star. In fact, he's probably the it's deepest like midfielder of all of our midfielders. Yeah. Like literally, like he's not. He's not a cam. He's not yeah. that playmaker. Yeah. So I wouldn't want someone like him. He's a centre mid at best. I mean, not at best, um, at um, the highest like part on the pitch. Mm. That's as far, that's as high as he would go. Someone like, I, I expect someone like Thomas Party to play higher on the pitch than someone like Danny Sabal. Yeah. So if you look up who our creative outlets are, no one. Because obviously Ozil isn't in this picture. So who do we look at now? Again, with all due respect to Joe Willock, like, I rate him for what he offers. Great engine, puts himself about, offers is a decent box to box midfielder, not a creative midfielder, not a strong creative outlet like that. Yeah. Who are we looking for? I mean, maybe a case could be made for Smith Rowe, but it's just like we shouldn't be in this position where we're chucking people at the deep end. Yeah, where we've got a qualified. Literally, we've you got him there. It's just, it. I don't get I'd, it, man. Listen, the, the the other thing is. We may not even understand the politics because I'm of the belief they do not want to play this guy. That's it. He could be amazing. People saying, oh, if if, it were, if he was the prime Ozil, do you think they would be dropping him? Oh, it's fucking, what could be realistic about it? But it's when tough. was the last time he even got a chance to show what he could? Because he trains. That's the like last time he trains. Arteta is telling me that he yeah, trained. Did you see that? Did you see that Yeah. Quote? Did you see the yeah, quote? Yeah, and I think that's real. Literally, because you know, he said it on he said it on Arsenal podcast as well, wasn't it? Do you know it could be risky, you know, him saying yeah, that. But fuck it. 
Like he could, he could, like he put, he's put his neck on the line. Like he could probably, I don't know how deep Arsenal view about this situation, but Mesaka runs. Mesaka, I think runs, runs a bit at that club. I can't lie, because like, he has yeah, respect. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and some, yeah, some know, guys, he's the big fucking. Some German, guys there like, that have respect. Yeah, currently, yeah, he he demands literally. That. But yeah, no, it was, it was very interesting what he said. Cause like, Urzel actually does work in training. When he was playing in the Arteta side, he was playing. I I believe he played every single game before yeah. we had the little lockdown or something like that. And then his um, running numbers were the top. His creative numbers were at the top. It's a huge myth, and it's like it's sad to see him go out like this because like. People are genuinely trying to make out like Urs. Again, I've said this many times. He's obviously not the Urzel of Real Madrid. He's obviously not the Urzel of 15, 16. I'm, I'm happily accepting that. I'm not going to be blind to mm. that. But what you're being blind to is even like Mesut Urzel's a dead baller, which <sighs> far from it. Literally. And do you know what the thing is, Jay? When you say that, okay, so some, tell, you tell me he's a dead baller. I told you you haven't seen him for the past, past couple of years. And he's, okay, wait, sorry. You, sorry, let me start that again. You say, why does Urza play? Because he's, he's not good. Well, he was playing when Urza Arteta was there. Oh, he doesn't work hard enough. Arteta was here. The only difference... We've had numbers. He wasn't dropped with good numbers and that like, he was good performance. He wasn't dropped. Like, he wasn't... He wasn't, yeah. like, didn't have a stinker and then not play the next game. They literally made the decision to not bring this guy back. I just think it's... Above all, it's just extremely disrespectful. And dehumanize, and I'll be real, guys. Like, this is a guy who, during our tough periods, stayed stuck. With he us gets when many would have to carry on again. He gets go, paid go, 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 loyalty go. bonuses. Again, people actually crucify him for that, which is extremely weird because this was it's, it's out of his control. This was agreed years ago. Like, there's nothing he could do. But apparently, he's greed. I'm seeing people are. Oh, that's the reason why we didn't sign for someone. I feel like there's so many people purposely being blind to many situations. The Hassan Wan situation did not happen because his agent was being ridiculous with his fees, the agent fees. We had the money there. It's not because Arsenal were saving that money to give it to Urzel for a loyalty bonus. This just takes a come a bit of research, two minutes of your time, type it into Google and you'd be able to look this up. And I feel like many people are being so blind to it. And I'm bare confused because Urzel is not a bad human. He's never spoke bad in the club. It's very, very confusing why people have such a genuine hate for the guy. I'm baffled. It's that thing. There was a, there was a also a, um, a thing with football nowadays. The way it's going, where it's so intensive, and because he walks around or quote unquote walks around, it's like oh he doesn't care. So why does he play? Why does he get paid all this money and he doesn't care? But I care about this club and I don't get shit or whatever. That's the that's the thing with it. Sanchez used to run around yeah, like yeah, a fucking headless chicken. Bro, he would run. He would. He he was less effective with his running. I've I've always said this, and I've always said during that amazing Alexis Sanchez season, for how good it was, Özil was a huge part. I wouldn't even say it was just that season. I say in general. I say in general, Özil was a huge part to Alexis Sanchez's yeah. success at Arsenal. If Özil uh, wasn't here, I I really doubt that it'd be. How good? I don't. I really doubt that um, Alexis would be viewed as highly as he was. There was even time. Past to Özil only. <laughs> yeah, literally, he would avoid other players, and because obviously Alexis. Would, I mean, yeah, Alexis was a bit of a yeah. bitch like that. Like, if he wasn't feeling you as a guy, he would just make sure. You didn't like Ramsey. 
Yeah, I yeah, hated him, hated him. I remember that. I just, bro, that guy was actually so toxic. When we actually look back at, it. he was incredibly yeah. toxic. That's why I don't feel bad. That's why I don't feel bad for him. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, not like we might, we might as well close because I think well my battery's on six percent. Yeah. So uh-huh. I believe that's you know, we'll touch on the Super League a bit, but yeah, like literally the other situation. I just think it's. Again, that's a toxic situation. I feel like what Arsenal are doing, no class. Like, as I said, this guy showed loyalty when many would have left. When he came, we started winning. Tro- like I feel like people need to not underrate what happened yeah. when he came. When he came, the amount of trophies that came through, it's like, do you remember what it was like to have a drought? That drought, every season, oh, you got top four, but you didn't win you a trophy. Nice it means nothing. Top four's not a trophy. Like, fam, getting that every single season, I think Arsenal fans have kind of forgot what that was like. So, don't under don't underestimate or underrate the fact that he came in and would play a big part into us. Because he wasn't, again, he wasn't just a passenger. Like, I don't want to, I don't want this to just be a, a whole Ozil team, but I really just feel like, I mean, I expect it from rival fans because that's what they do is rival mm-hmm. fans. I don't expect them to show respect like that, but... When I see people like Lee Gunner, I'm calling him out. If he if he comes across this and wants to, you know, have a little back and forth, I'm here. I'll be ready. We can line up something. I'm there. But when you got people like Lee Gunner, literally dedicating every single day of that big 40 man euros life to making a pose, uh, what 300 days till Erzul's contract's done, 300 at 299, 298. He bro, he goes day in day out, and I'm thinking, what has this guy done to you? Has he slept with your wife? Has he? I don't know. Has he robbed you? Has he done something personal? This feels yeah. personal. Like you know that Michael Jordan yeah. meme. It feels personal to Lee <laughs> Gunner, and he's just one of many. Like people genuinely vilify vilify Erzul. Then when you got people like me, when you got people like you. You come to his defense. No, fan. that's the thing. Because Urzel, he even he was like before he was even having this like this time, more like I would say 2017 times, where he was like the first guy, even on social media, he was like a bit I don't I, I want to say this carefully, but a bit bigger than the club. Like there was Urzel yeah, fans I can, I can hear as opposed to Arsenal fans. Or yeah, yeah, he definitely had like a I huge think people form. didn't like that. So then it becomes mm. polarized. It becomes you either love Urzel to the death or you hate him. Bro, and I, I, I don't really want to get into politics like that because yeah. as I said, times against yeah, us yeah. and everything. But like that's, that. That. some could make make some could make arguments for the fact that he's like yeah, isn't literally. It? Yeah. There could be some very underlying tones in that argument there as well because I've, I've seen people speak on it and obviously I'm not a Muslim myself so I don't know it inside mm-hmm. out and everything but I just thought put that out there for food for thought you know there could be some underlying tones but him being able, again I don't want it to get too deep but it's just like I just feel like there's no reason for you to hate this guy like he's not he's not if he, if he was like, at Le- like Alexis like the way he goes on completely understand because Alexis for how good he was he moved like a bitch outside you know he's throwing his gloves on the pitch and everything inside the changing rooms apparently there was bare arguments in training he apparently he's sectioned himself away from everyone else like the guy was genuinely toxic you see us he's got a smile on his face all the time he's good with everyone doesn't get into any arguments always giving his money to charity again that's that's another one like people move out like 
he gets all this money and he's a greedy guy. When was the last time you saw Ezra buy 10 mansions in the villain in an island or something? Exactly, man. Like, I will comfortably say with my chest, there is not one more charitable footballer yeah. than Mesut Ozil. Name me, drop me names. If not, don't at me. This guy's the most charitable guy in the charitable footballer yeah. in the world. So it, it, there's just so many myths on his name, and you know we've spoken it before, and we're going to speak on it again. It's probably going to be the last time because we probably won't see it. The next time we'll speak on him is when he officially leaves at the end of his contract next year or something. But it's just very, very, very sad to see him go like this, and it's just like just deep it. Like Arsenal gave Petr Cech and Danny Welbeck a whole a good farewell and everything, but Mesut Özil is getting treated like this, and Santi Cazorla went even Wilshire. even yeah even Wilshire. like Wilshire's like he's meant to be one of our own everything he's jack the lad everything treated him poorly as well so like it's just very 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 on arsenal like because you know arsenal are meant to be associated being a classy mm. club and everything shit like that i feel like when wenger left he might have taken that with him yeah i'll be wrong <laughs> At least my uh, our, our yeah. man at the top, Arteta is trying to bring him a bit of it back. I think he's in a bit of a shit situation. Yeah, definitely. Like again, as I said earlier, like I wouldn't put much of the blame on the Arteta at all because like he clearly wants to play out of Özil. You can even tell by the way he answers the questions. Like he doesn't just say, "Oh, Özil was performing poor," or everything. He just blocks the question straight. Like we're not going to talk about him. He got left out. Next question. He clearly does not want to leave him out and everything. There's loads of reasons why he shouldn't be left out. It's pretty evident this is yeah. higher up. And it, it's one of those is where it is. We, we, we genuinely can't do anything. No one could do anything but them. But it's just it's just very sad to see him go like this, man. I'll be real, man. This is the greatest playmaker of this generation. And he's just getting exiled yeah. like this. Just shows you. And it's a cold world. It's a cold, cold yeah. world. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll be real. Battery, battery is very low right now, so yeah. I wanted to cut off. As for the European Premier League, we'll probably touch on that next week when more information comes. Yeah, to I was going to say the same. It's a bit, it's a bit confused. Very confusing because, like, what happens with the Champions League? Is it just what are we going to see Wolves win <laughs> the Premier League or one of the lower sides? Like, it's yeah. very confusing. So we'll wait for some substance yeah. to get onto it. All I'm going to say, very interesting and game is potentially yeah. gone. Yeah, we'll see yeah. what happens. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm on 4% right now. So, yeah, no. Another great episode of the 1T podcast, people. I feel like that was about one hour. Yeah, one we did thing on this one still. Yeah. Yeah. But, another great recording hopefully you guys enjoyed this one we'll catch you next week it's been myself Jay and my usual co-host of course thank you come on come on I'll catch you guys next week keep it locked in a bit peace I love Chris Rich